0: This is Pookie Mathis, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, bro.
1: Hey, this is Chase Sexton, you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show.
2: It is a rare treat to have my producer, DJ TJ, in studio, but he is here tonight for episode 122, brought to you by Torque One Racing, our title sponsor, who is providing high-quality, economical-performance parts. Man, if you're looking for brake pedals, shifters, um, handlebars, defy lock-on grips, which we're going to be giving away tonight, hit up TorqueOneRacing.com. Follow them on Instagram. Let them know that we sent you... Really great parts. I'm about to order some new stuff. My two-stroke I'm getting soon. And, of course, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Wrist Braces, Mad Jack Synthetics, Dane Evans, an independent dealer of Amsoil, Fly Racing. We're giving some FR5 boots away tonight. Power Band Racing, an authorized WP suspension um, service center. We're going to give away a free... Um, servicing tonight also we got works wheels and mods Brett Hooper who does motor work and Cerakoting, extreme colors custom painted helmets for 295 cannot be beat and of, co- of course Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Key Partners he is a realtor uh, he'll get you hooked up anywhere in the US if you're looking to do some real estate and he is con- you contact him 913-744-4790 all our sponsors are on our uh website MotoXPodShow.com, Homestead.com, under the sponsors <laughs> tab. So, can you please turn that music off, please, for the oh, love of good. God? Um, but yeah, man, cool show tonight. Glad to have TJ in. We have just we just re- pre-recorded with Cooper Webb. We'll tag that on to the end of the show. We've got Mister Ricky Johnson coming on a little bit. Zach Osborne and Miss Courtney Lloyd from Canada. It's a lot of drama going on with Team Canada for the MX of Nations. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about that. Uh, New Jersey, man, what do we got on time? Ten minutes. So New Jersey, pretty crazy. Um, didn't get to go to that one, but we had Eli crashing twice in the same spot, almost that hitting was, the same tough block. Like
3: because there was like something on the under the tough block the first time he hit it, and it kind of knocked it out. It was maybe like a piece of a whatever holds a tough block down and then the next crash I'm like was that a replay? <laughs> <They used to laughs> replay it? yeah it was funny that he laughed about it at the end like well him and his wife were saying that they, or she was saying that all they could do is laugh about it yeah yeah so it threw, much... I
2: think they, she was texting Steve or Daniel yeah I can't and they were saying all we could yeah, do is yeah. laugh and then him all no, the... that's Kenny that's Kenny oh was it? yeah cause Eli's not even married He's, yeah Kenny is all he could do is laugh because what? of the shit. But okay. okay. Eli's basically in the same boat. Same boat now, yeah. Uh, to a degree. But yeah, no, Eli laughed about that on the podium, which I thought was funny. But then you look, you got Zacco, who was leading, finally. Yeah. Riding really well. Made a goofy mistake. And just basically skidded, almost went over the berm. Had to roll back and get going again. Um, you look at me like you don't remember that. Do you not remember that? No, no. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Marvin crashes and basically throws any chance he had away. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the notes. I have. Cooper wins again. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit ago with Cooper. You guys will hear that at the end of the show. Yeah. Asked him about luck. It's he, There's some luck playing into this championship. Not that he's lucky he's winning the championship, but he has had some lucky moments he's throughout. He's had
3: some things that go his way. Yeah, and yeah.
2: that's pretty fantastic. Check that out, dude. This guy's going to be on later. This is like one of my – he might be – might be my new favorite rider. Really? Like, Chiz is—he's still my guy, but Zach's coming on.
3: So this weekend, I'm to have to tell Chiz that he may—he may have competition. I'll tell <laughs> Chiz
2: that. Say, dude, I'm sorry, man. Zach might have gotten your spot. <laughs>
3: yeah, I got you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, but I do. I just the guys like- who
3: went to the um, the live show. The Pope Live Show got a treat that I wish I'd have been there for. They got to
2: oh Barry Carson. Carson. Yeah, I knew you were going to be jealous of that. Oh, bro, you know, we had Barry on the show. I it know. Was Hard to get him to. He's, he doesn't say open a up lot.
3: much, but when like whenever I see him at the races and we talk, he's awesome to hang out with. I think on a one-on-one basis, he's kind of more of a of a cool guy to be around as far as just talking and bsing with. Um, and then this weekend, got the rare treat to hang out with uh, Richard Taylor rich taylor's son Little rt yeah little rt and that dude's legitly cool yeah like i mean a lot of I, I don't know what i expect i didn't expect anything but he's 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 been riding and training with don Bashelia, yep. matt Bashelia's dad and um it was cool i had to basically tell don Bashelia again i hate him because he's always in my classes and have, <laughs> he always beats me so yeah he's
2: far, freaking fast but
3: um yeah, and they let me be in charge of the race. I was the AMA ref. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but it. I mean, did you did you like? I did dock one guy. Did you like,
2: like maybe you know, you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disqualify one guy for doing something, and with another guy, like take. I, I'm taking five points away from you. I tried. I, I really, really, really
3: wanted to disqualify somebody. Like I was looking for it, but I never could make it happen. Right. I uh, no. I'm joking about that. But we had one guy that I had to. I mean, he cut the track like half the track after going down on the first turn, and I had to actually. But he waited for everybody to come by, so I didn't disqualify him. I just put him at the back of the pack for that moto. Like I had to give him last place, and he kind of started getting mad. And I said, "Bro, you should be." I said, "By the rule book, you should get disqualified for what you did." I'm like, "But you waited for everybody, so I'm putting you in last place." You know, <laughs> it was it was the it was, it was Loretta's qualifier Our underground. Trip yeah
2: hey uh eric you said what is that on youtube this is i know the people listening the archives won't know but we're on youtube live right now eric i don't i don't know what you're asking what is that about and nick lock your comment about power band uh i apologize if billy wasn't personable um he, he is a good dude um i don't know what to say man i i apologize i hope that he takes care of you and if if you need me to call billy i will we are giving away um we talked about the giveaways before we went yes. live on archives. We have we have right? lots so, of giveaways, especially for the YouTube yeah. so people. So f- the people that aren't listening on YouTube that are just listening to the archives later, we've got a bunch of giveaways tonight. Some of them will be YouTube exclusive. A couple things for Patreon only. The big so, stuff
3: is either we have like you said one big thing is Patreon only, but the big stuff is usually email or something that yeah, everybody yeah. can well, be a the, part the of. The big
2: the big giveaway tonight is the fly FR five boot. Um, giveaway and we're gonna do that through email yes. we'll so in a couple chance. weeks. But um we will talk about that. How much time we've got about five minutes. So let's talk about this right now. Okay. So YouTube Live and if you're on the archives, I've got four rental front sprockets for a Kawasaki KX four fifty F two thousand six to two thousand nineteen. If you have a Kawasaki four fifty F 2006 to 2019. I have two rental front sprockets, uh, 13 tooth. For our YouTube listeners, so the first person on YouTube that has a KX 450, first person that says something gets them. Uh, for the non-YouTube listeners, first person that emails me gets two. Uh, all you have to do is put in just you know put in Renthal front sprocket, KX whatever, and I'll get you guys hooked up. So that's the first giveaway of the night. Um, And if nobody on YouTube has a KX, then we'll give it away to somebody else on the archives later. But, um, all right, we've got about four minutes before we get Ricky Johnson on. Uh, Vegas is coming up. Cooper very, very likely is going to win this championship. Yeah. Um, Chase Sexton probably 250 East, 250 West. You know, I, I mean, AC has the best chance at it, but it's still a little bit up in the air. I feel like we're gonna have a hell of a freaking showdown in the 250 class at Vegas.
3: I am so surprised with actually real quick this week, if we have time, the fact that Fortner they could have they could have gave him a cortisone shot in his knee to make where the pain wasn't there because really the only thing hindering him. Maybe he did, but I mean, I'm sure he did something. I've blown both of my knees out before. I know those cortisone shots. I mean, it hurts, but I can't imagine. Why they couldn't deaden it enough? He wouldn't have any feel in his knee.
2: Um, and, and I don't know that he didn't do that or something like that. But when he overjumped and landed on that second, what would have been a double, right? I think it just popped out, and like he probably knew, like, yeah. okay. So yeah, I felt bad, man, because he was riding pretty well. I don't know that he would have won, but I think he could have kept it close to at least going to Vegas. It sucks. I mean, I was kind of bummed, yeah. by the guy. Um, okay, let's take our first quick b- break. And get RJ on the phone. So, Archive listener, we'll be back. All right, everybody. Our first guest of the night is a legend, and he is brought to you by Power Band Racing. Power Band Racing is a WP authorized service center. Hit them up at 320-983-3400 for all your WP suspension needs. On the line with us, the one and only bad boy himself, Ricky Johnson. What's up, RJ?
4: What's well, happening, gentlemen? Just calling you from uh, a sunny Southern California day out here doing the military training, and I think we're going to talk about some Supercross and Nationals. I think that's the plan, right?
3: Yes, sir. Go ahead, TJ. Well, but before we do that, a lot of people may not know. Can you say what like, I mean, what you can say about what you're doing with your military training and all that stuff?
4: Yeah, well, what I did is uh, a friend of mine named Rob Latham uh, if you're into shooting and you know, all, everyone knows who he is. He's one of the world's fastest shooters. He's been multi-time world champion, national champion. Um, and we were teammates at Oakley back in the day. And I mentioned something that i you know, with, with everything going down, 9-11, all of the stuff that I would really like to help Special Forces out. Because, you know, just between what all the stuff that they do, I think having the skills of motocross and also my short course Uh, off-road racing, desert racing, stuff like that was, um, you're pretty aggressive. You learn how to be, drive offensively, defensively and stuff like that. So I got an opportunity to work with uh, some Army Special Forces guys back at Fort Bragg. And then that turned into some Navy work and then some uh, work with the Danish Special Forces and the British Special Forces and different stuff. So just do it, teach them mostly desert mobility, but, um, we do some other stuff with, like I say, car control. Um, recovery. Work with Jay Tischler at AR Two M and and my partner Jeff Benrud back in North Carolina, uh, who's a retired uh, military special ops guy. Um, so just giving them the skills that I work so hard on to to be what to, to so that they're better at what they do. That's oh, awesome.
2: That is cool. Okay, so R J. Yeah, I did. I definitely just kind of want to get your thoughts. This this 2019 Supercross season has been pretty damn good I mean we didn't have somebody that wrapped it up three rounds early one or two guys that were just okay we know this guy's gonna win uh, in, in the 450 class or any any of the classes quite honestly other than Austin was pretty dominant for a while but um, I'd just like to get your thoughts on the season on what really has stood out to you um, you know I've got a few more questions but let's start with that what what about this season has stood out to you as just being like a highlight
4: well, I, I have to say it's it's Cooper Webb, you know, because I felt that he was that he was kind of following the same footsteps of a Diamond Tedesco that was so dominant on the small bikes but then trying to bring that same intensity and riding style to the four fifty. And and riding a four fifty is completely different than riding a two fifty. I mean, the power, the way that you want to yank the bike out of your out of your you know out of your arms and stuff like that. And a lot of the riders are smaller nowadays. You know, Eli Tomac looks big, but he's not that big. He's I think he's maybe five eight, five nine, right? Uh, maybe five, maybe five ten. But you know, compared to the old days where you had Mike Bell and you know I was six one, Brock was six foot, uh, stuff like that. A lot of the guys are seem a lot smaller. But back to uh, Cooper Webb is that he got on the 450 and he, he brought that same intensity and it just doesn't work, you know, ha- dropping the hammer that hard. Really, the only guy that's ever been successful with dropping the hammer that hard, but he was good at making sure he got those corners done, was Ricky Carmichael. Right. Um, but but when it comes to so when it comes to Cooper. Um, he was struggling and fighting hard, and, and he was. I know, I know his work ethic and all the different stuff, but I really feel with having the maturity of of Roddy Coster and, and Ian over at KTM, and and that bike is is more forgiving. The steel chassis, like some people don't understand, is that big aluminum frame is very very nervous and very twitchy. It's very fast, but it sometimes makes it more difficult. And so you put you put him on that. But he's transformed himself. The way he corners, the way he keeps his feet on the pegs, he utilizes his small chassis, meaning not the bike, but it's, it's frame. He's not right. a he's not a physically big character. And you watch, which which amazes me because we weren't doing it back, and when we were doing it, um, is he threw a lot of the turns with both feet on the pegs.
5: Yeah,
4: and it's, and, and I and I was told that he kind of picked that up from from Eli Tomac, but. It's kind of like scrubbing, you know. We started that stuff way back in the day, but James (laughs) Stewart perfected it, and it looks like Eli Tomac started something. But but for the size and the bike and everything, Cooper Webb is doing that. And what I also like is that Cooper's got just enough redneck in him, and you know, (laughs) crazy little white boy that he doesn't he doesn't give up. If somebody hammers him, he hammers back. Yeah. um, and he, and he he sees himself as a champion. And so, to me, that's the standout from this year. Eli Tomac is doing what he's always done. A total respect, total kudos for him, his family, everybody. But, he, you know, he's, he's supposed to be there. He's supposed to win. But, but uh, Cooper has figured some stuff out. And what I like is that, you know, winning, winning, falling off the podium, then coming back. That's yes. the part that... Yes. to me as a true champion, is that when you get your ass kicked, you go back to the drawing board, and you come back the next week stronger, and that's what, that was the adversary that I had in Jeff Ward. It didn't matter <laughs> if you beat him, if you stomp his ass, uh, you know, in February, he was going to be right back in March, or the following weekend, that, to not give up.
2: Yeah, you, know, you said something a second ago about uh, Cooper like knowing he's a champion, basically. It's funny, I think at Dallas, I talked to him, and I think at that point he would won maybe two races. And then at Anaheim won, you know, he came from dead last to, like, ninth. So the guy was on it. Clear, at that point, clearly this year, he was on it. And I asked him about his confidence, and he said, Man, really, I still don't feel like I belong. You know, and we just talked to him a little bit ago, and I asked him, Do you feel like you belong now? And he said, Yeah, I do. And, and you could see that growth in his confidence and his personality this year. And I, it's been a pleasure to watch.
4: Well, just watch, I mean, I went back and watched New York again, and, you know, he got his ass kicked in the heat race, you know right, I mean? He didn't yeah. have a start, didn't do yeah. what he needed to do, but then when it came time, just like Ryan Dungey, you know, um, which a lot of people want to go back and forth about Dungy this and that, but at the final round, Ryan, in his last two Supercross races, the heat race and the main event, Ryan Dungey got probably the two best starts of his life, and that's the side champion that when 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 shit gets bad and you have to, you don't you don't hope for it, you don't wish for it. You have to make it happen. And Ryan Dungey did that. And put him got two whole shots, probably the two best starts of his life. And that's what I saw in Cooper Webb in the main event. Didn't have first pick, didn't have this, didn't have that, but comes out bam, gets the whole shot and then you know, Eli made some mistakes and this and that, but, you know, um, it's just, that's, that's here and over there. Right. Well, if, if you make three mistakes and I make two, guess what? I'm the winner. Exactly. I don't care if you're passing exactly. or not.
3: Well, it's interesting to, to hear somebody of your caliber critiquing or, or talking about the skills you see from other riders. And it kind of leads me to a, a thing. One of the One of our listeners has a question here and, it, and um, a couple of them, but I want to ask this one because it kind of feeds into what you say. saying. Uh, Nick Locke wanted to know, when are you going to accept the manager for the Moto Donations team? <laughs>
4: <laughs> you have to ask me one. It was funny, and it, ironically you guys say that because a friend of mine, I guess, was listening to the poll deal, and I guess mm-hmm. Davey Coombs was on there talking about that, that some of the guys have problems with Roger because, of, you know, because he he they race against him all year long and blah, 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 and all the stuff. And so it's different now because you have to understand in the eighties and even in the nineties, Roger DeCosha was our hero. I mean he was the one that set the bar. He was the, the man. I mean he he so he would tell if he told me to start backwards, I would start backwards, <laughs> I wouldn't question it. Respect. But 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 the generation now does doesn't know him as as an as a Belgian wrecking machine, world, multi-time world champion and and all that. They they know him as a team manager for KTM. Right. That that piss them, them off because they got to race against him. So maybe that is a problem. You know, as far as as far as managing the team, I would love to manage the team, but in in my in my world, I want to know now um because it, what I don't want to do is roll in at you know Two weeks before the thing, take a picture and, and get the bitchin' jacket, and, <laughs> and then show up. Yeah, yeah, I want if if I'm gonna be the guy, then I want then I then I want to I want to be at, at least half of the, the nationals watching the guys, watching how they act, watching how they respond to positive and negative, and, and talk to them and get get to know them so that so that they can trust me because, I mean. Shit! If you're the best guy in the world, like these guys are, so so let's hypothetically say you have Eli Tomac and, and Cooper Webb on the same team, you know, and then if you're going to get uh, Faulkner or Cincirillo, I'm just saying that because the way it's looking right to, at this moment, it might change. Sure, but so but these guys need to know who I am because if I just come in, they all have trainers, they all have coaches, they have all these people, and I come in and I start saying, "Hey, you need to do this, you need to do that." they're going to go piss off. I already got my crew and right, I'm already right. a national champion and I'm this and I'm that. And then it's, then I've been, a, then I'm basically, you know, I'm not a pretty girl, but I'm basically a trophy trophy manager. And I don't want to do that because I feel it's still one of the most important races uh, of the year because you represent your country and all the fans and everybody involved, not just your manufacturer and your family, you know, your family and, and your sponsors. And so, I, I I think that, you know, America doesn't take it as serious as they should. And so with that, if they ask, first they have to ask me. Right. You know what I mean? I, yeah, it's great that people are, are, you know, got the scuttlebutt and say, oh, yeah, it'd be good to have Rick do it or this or that, you know. Um, cause there's a whole bunch of guys I think would be great at it, you know, at uh, that job. But if they ask me, I would I would accept it wholeheartedly. But I would say, okay, here's, here's my terms. And the spot of money terms, it's if we're if we're playing to win, then this is what we need to do. Um, if, we're, if we're just going to go there and show up and, and let the things fall where they may, then, you know, then pick somebody else. I'd rather watch them on TV.
3: Right. So we have another question. Let's, um, change the topic a little bit. Uh, from Garrett Rockley wants to know about how was the ProTech Yamaha you rode in the four-stroke races in the early 80s?
4: It was awesome. Uh, the, uh, the Clarks helped me out from ProTech. Um it was a Ben Alberg replica, and so they, Kenny Clark from, from, was well, the team manager at Yamaha, was obviously friends with, with them as well. And so they said, hey, do you want to run this? Cause I was, I was a, you know, Yamaha rider. And I actually raced one, um when I was young, when because I, I would do 125, 250 in front of 100 over Wednesday night races down at a place called Stewart 117, previously called South Bay Speedway, hey, uh, we're Marty Smith...
2: Be, before you go on, go or I'll come back to that. I want to ask you about that, because I heard you mention that on the Whiskey Throttle show. I'm glad you said that. I'm sorry I'll finish your story, but then I want to come back to Speedway 117.
4: Yeah, so so I would run all three classes, because you, you could make like 150 bucks a class, and so nice. I was... I started racing pro at 13, and my dad had told me that you know he didn't want the money that I made because my first paycheck I went and blew it on a boogie board, skateboard, <laughs> and all this other shit. And he's "Okay, here's the deal." I says, "You know, I'm fine. I, you know, I spent all this money getting you racing. And I don't want any money back." And I was like thinking, "Duh, so I won. <laughs> it's not your money." You know, being a stupid kid. He goes, "But when it comes time for you to buy a car, I'm not going to put a cent into it." So that motivated me to want to save my money and then also I wanted to run all three classes and if I could win all three and then at a jump competition that me and Randy Norman, the guy, the owner of GPR Stabilizers, we were the two finalists and, and uh, I won that so I got a $500 stereo for my picked pickup and all the different stuff. So I was familiar with riding that four-stroke because I could leave it in third gear and just ride around. It was awesome. <laughs> and so when we did the four-stroke national and started out on the TT track and Saddleback and then we would go to Carlsbad. So for the first... I think mean, for the first two years, I won, I won all of them because they would have them every now and then. Um, and I had a blast riding it. You know, a lot of times it was like one year it was right after the Rose Bowl. So I had to go down, grab a hotel, and then race Sunday morning in the Porsche National. So when you're telling you're 17, 18, 19 years old, you can't race enough. Well, right. a lot, yeah. a lot
3: of the pros nowadays don't do that. I remember i mean this was even less than 20 years ago when all the local pro guys were constantly just bouncing from race to race Gold to make state a state national they were just to make a dollar you know going to oklahoma because we're oh, here from yeah. texas and and yeah. going different places just to try to make money on the weekends and now all the guys do is just train 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 and race like five times a year
4: uh yeah and i i think that you know if you've I don't agree with, with that completely. I think, I think also the conditions for training is is a little too perfect. You know, I think the guys all run on groomed tracks. Um, and I think going out on, on shitty hard pack tracks where you got to manage throttle control and, and sliding and, and all different stuff you had to do. And then when you got to the racetrack, it was like, man, it was, you're awesome and motivated. But now, you know, you go to California, there's, you go to Glen Helen on Thursdays. You go to Paris on this day. You go to uh, what you know, whatever milestone on Wednesday. Yeah, and so it's so to me, it's just a little too cookie cutter, and, and we're losing. I'm going to say the art, artistic ability of, of just being a great rider. You know, just but but not taking anything away from our current champions. All the guys are badasses, and they and they work out really hard and they train really hard. But I just think that they need to realize uh about life and sometimes relaxing is a good thing. <laughs> right. See, everything doesn't have to be a, a you know a dick kicker.
2: Yeah, so hey, I want to step back to the Speedway one seventeen. That's a oval like they had a our oval track, right? South of San Diego?
4: Yeah, it was a half mile. Yeah, they right. did the Cal Memorial, they did spring races, yep. a of outlaw races there. Um and then when they they had a Wednesday night motocross, which Okay. Um one of the original OG guys, one of the guys that really showed me how to be a racer was Murray Hoffman. Doc Glover was there. Uh, he had a Green Street 100 Kawasaki that he used to race. And Marty Smith would come there, Marty Tripes, Mike Tripes. And so, um, and, and John Tessator and Randy Hess. I mean, the list goes to Scott Burnworth. I mean, the list was Clint Hardick. I could just keep going and going and yeah. going. Um, but yeah, it was that was Wednesday. So I got out of school. Um, already had the van packed. We would jump in the car. We'd get down there, practice. There's probably about forty-five minutes to an hour or so from our house, and go race. And I started racing on 80s, and then started racing 125s. I actually, started right on 100, and but there was nobody in the 100 class, so I started racing in the 125 Pro class. <laughs> But then I started winning. And they, they disqualified me because what they said it was smaller and it was more suited. So I went to <laughs> Yamaha and said, "I can't, I can't find anybody to race." So they gave me a 125, and I was a uh, support rider for Yamaha at 13 years old.
2: Wow! Yeah, see, I at four or five years old, my dad was stationed at Coronado, and I can't remember the name of the town we lived in. It was just south of there, but. He used to race. That's where he, he raced dirt dirt track cars at Speedway 117. Yep. So I kind of grew up there. This is long before I knew anything about what motocross was. I mean, I had a PW50. We'd go out and ride in the desert, but that's all I knew. But that, you know, I honestly had no idea they had motocross races there. That's when you said that on the Whiskey Throttle Show. It really, I think I'm pretty sure that's where you said it. it you talked about it. It yep. brought back some major memories for me. I was like, "Oh man!" And like I dug, dug up some pictures of my dad racing there, um, and like some of the the guys. Like, do you know who Scott Bloomquist is? Yep. Yeah. See, he started out racing there. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's according to my dad. That's where he started racing because our neighbor built his cars at that time. Like this would have been seventy nine eighty, I guess.
4: Yep. Yep. But anyway, you would have been you would have been a really young guy at that point. But yes, the, it, there was a lot of fast guys that came out of San Diego. The Hamilton brothers and uh, Joe Hamilton and and that. Um, so it was it was the a racing community. Off road basically started there in Oklahoma with Chinith and and Jackman Wheels and all and ran, and Rough Country Shocks and all that stuff. So San Diego was an awesome place to be in the sixties, seventies, and eighties.
2: Definitely. Definitely. All right, so before – I know I don't want to keep you too much longer. You're a busy man. Uh, I do want That's to talk about good. talk about Nationals for a minute. Um, they're coming. Look, we got Jason Anderson coming back. Um, we've got Cooper Webb, who's going to be fresh off a Supercross, you know, championship more than likely, very confident. Eli wants to, you know, hey, he wants to prove that he's still the man. Um, you know, what do you think about Nationals coming up? Who do you who do you see exceed, excelling? Do you have any uh, hot takes, any surprises you think we might see?
4: I don't think there's really going to be a lot of surprises. I think I and I'm a huge fan of Jason Anderson. I coached him when he was on Suzuki on 80s, and and I really feel that. But I feel that Jason needs to, I guess, clean it up a little bit. You know, yeah. when I was when I was coaching him, he would he he was a bigger kid on 80s, and and he would I would tell him I'm like you don't need to pass everybody on lap one. <laughs> you know, know how much time you have. And be patient. And, and last year when we won the Supercross Championship, I was really impressed with him and talked to his, his dad about that, about how he would take his time. Because he's got the speed, he's got the, the ability, and he's also got that determination and the, and the work ethic to get it done. Um, I, I think that two things can happen. One is, you know, Eli is going to be fast without a doubt. But Cooper, I think, is going to be more impressive in outdoors than he is indoors because he's small. He's smaller, and in, in a lot of the, the national tractor now, they, they grade the shit out of him, and they got it so deep, and it wants to just rob horsepower. And and being a smaller guy like, like John Michelle Bell was, I think his cornering speed and his exit speed is going to be phenomenal, where nobody comes into a turn and hits a turn harder than Eli Tomac, which I, if I'm going to say, and I'm not trying to compliment myself, I rode kind of that style. You know, being a bigger guy, so you have to you have to make your turns big, and you have to carry a lot of speed. But when I was racing against Bale, I I was getting my ass kicked on lap times, and then I realized that he spreads the load out, and and, and a lot of the way Crowley and Hurling's ride is that style. You watch them; their body's back, but their knee is forward, so it's not pounding. They don't pound the middle of the corner. They 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 float through the middle, and their exit speed is so. So phenomenal and i think cooper cooper has got more of that style and is going to carry more speed and and also being as small as he is it's going to be really hard for eli to to, to beat him in a whole shot i mean we get these long straightaways that are all chewed up and and that so, so if i have to put if I fact to put my money on anybody I, i'm going to put it on cooper the only one that's going to be cooper is is his overconfidence because when you win a championship like he, you know, like he's set to do. So if he walks with the Supercross championship, if he DNFs every national, he still had a great year, right? And and that's that. Sometime as a, as a as a racer, it's hard to to take because you're like, ah, yeah, yeah Supercross yeah. champ. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But 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 Cooper, Cooper's Cooper's a, a greedy little prick that's going to want to win every race. Is you know, so I think he's gonna. Be, I think he's gonna be phenomenal on outdoors, and, and Marvin's gonna be fast and. You know, and obviously Eli and, and and Jason and that. So I'm looking – I just want to see great races, you know. I just 100%. want to see great races, and, and um, I don't want to see a runaway.
3: Okay, RJ, I know we're wrapping up here, but I do have to say that we're going to start – for the rest of the year, you don't have a chance to say no to this. About about a couple of times throughout the the Outdoor Nationals, we're just going to call you, and we're going to do a segment where you break down how the riders are riding. What That's I mean, cool. oh, my God, I could sit here and listen for hours of you breaking <laughs> down how these guys – because I'm learning stuff. Like, I'm yeah. going to go home and hop on my dirt bike going, I need to spread the load out. I need to <laughs> – that is awesome, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like yeah. – like the. The commentary that you have on 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 the form and the way these guys ride is second to none, and I just want to say that it's awesome.
4: Well, no, I appreciate that, and and I've always considered myself a student of the game. You know, I came with more of a hammer style, you know, a little bit more Jason Anderson, a little bit more Eli Tomac, because uh, David Bailey was more like Bale and and, and Muscan, but but man, he... He ain't, he ain't scared to stick it in there. He's riding a little bit more like Barson, which I kinda like it. I mean it's, it's kinda cool to see him being so gritty. But but you know, and, and Dave and I talked about this, you know, Bailey, because we, we had two different ways of going about it. We always joked that he was Muhammad Ali and I was Joe George Joe Frazier. You know, I was more the banger, he was more of the style guy and this and that. And sometimes it worked for me, sometimes it worked for him. But there's a there's a sly there's a silent beauty in, in like a Mike Tyson. That people don't get, and and that's where uh, I, I think my strength was was ability to to read the track and, and change change with the times, and that's what I'm taking into truck racing now. But but I man, when I watch these things, it it's, I look at everything. I'm watching knee, where where the knee is in relation to the foot, to the hip, to to arms, and the, the elbows up. Shit that, that that Gary Bailey started was more to get the torso where it needs to be. In, in that but um but all of it all of it is as is, is, is i love breaking it down so yeah i'd be more than honored to to tell you to tell you my thoughts but you know what they say about opinions they're like assholes everyone's got one <laughs> but, uh, but yeah no, i'm awesome. looking forward to some good reason
2: well rj it's always a privilege to have a chance to have you come on the show or talk to you in person thank you so much it was kind of last minute when i texted you this morning uh means a lot to us thank you for coming on
4: Hey, it's an honor, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. I, I, all this stuff is, is awesome for the sport, and and like I said, visiting ain't due. Hit me back, and you know, you this. I'll tell you what I think. You know uh, that.
2: Well, we appreciate it immensely. I can't say enough how much it means to us. Thank you. Awesome guys, take care. All right, you too. But thanks. Bye.
3: All right, it sounds like we're gonna Sprocket have a, RJ. We're gonna have a new segment, it sounds like
2: <laughs> <laughs> technique with RJ. Yes, that's right. That's right. All right, before we go to our first commercial break, um first big giveaway of the night. Um well this one uh, okay, this one was YouTube. So I'm gonna do all right, first show big show giveaway besides the Sprocket. This is a big one. We're giving away a set of fly F R five boot. That's the new boot they came out with this year. It comes in four colorways. I'm trying
3: to I'm gonna get ready to get it. I'm gonna win it. Uh, yeah, that's fine.
2: Um, okay, so we have a trivia question, and its we're going to have Zach Osborne on in a minute. He rode for Yamaha of Troy a particular year. I want to know who his teammate was. Email us. Go to the MotoXPodShow.com. And, and Moto hold on.
3: The YouTube guys don't need to post it now because you're yeah, telling yeah, other don't people the it. answer, and yeah, you can't win it. No, that's not email. how we're going to do it.
2: This one is email. MotoXPodShow.com. Click that's on right. the contact form. Put... The answer to who Zach Osborne's teammate was at Yamaha Troy, we will take all the emails and we will just, you know, put them in a hat or whatever and we'll pick a winner uh, for the Fly FR5 boot. Okay, let's go to commercial and then we're going to, while we're at commercial, for the people that are on YouTube, we're going to do another giveaway just for those guys. So if you guys stay, get with us on YouTube at upcoming shows, you have more chances to win. But we are going to commercial break for the archives.
3: Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort.
2: Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Entinap. Fly Two's I wear Fly. You wear Fly The two. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line. The all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles.
3: Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info.
6: Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis and they're a WP authorized service center. And trusted by Ryan Sipes. Mini bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram.
2: All right, we are back with uh, a guy that's, I talked about this a little bit ago, that's becoming probably my favorite rider in the pits. I'm a huge Kyle Chisholm fan. But this guy is maybe taking over. Uh, Zach, I'm going to say he even admitted. I haven't er- introduced him yet, TJ. Oh, we, he knows who it is.
3: But he even <laughs> said earlier that I may have to tell Kyle Chisholm that they're going to they're they're going to break up maybe because he may have a new favorite. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's awesome! I love it. All right, well, let me finish the introduction. So on the line, brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing is the title sponsor of Supercross with riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, the man on the line, Zach Osborne, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. We're giving away a set of the new uh, FR5 boots tonight. But anyway, like I said, factory Husky rider, Zach Osborne on the line. What's up, Zacko?
1: Uh, just chilling, man. I actually uh, got like a little stomach bug after uh, the race there in New Jersey and um, been down on the couch for a day or so, so I'm just uh, hanging
2: out. Yeah, I heard you, you mentioned that last night on Pulp. Um, and we're not going to talk a, a whole lot about your race, or at least I'm not. I have questions kind of outside the racing realm that I want to talk to you about. Um, yeah. But I do want to touch on, just real quickly, um, New Jersey. You said last night on Pulp that, you know, you felt like you could win that race once you got out front. Um, like, when you made the mistake, was it gut-wrenching, or was it like, okay, just let's regroup, start over?
1: Well, actually, I rewatched the race. You know, I was de- obviously devastated um, because I definitely felt like I could have won without the mistake or, you know, barring another mistake or whatever. But um, I re rewatched the race, and I was really just kind of, at how uh how well i composed myself you know i just kind of backed down the berm and went back at it and i actually made made another pass on bag um got got passed by eli and then he obviously went down but at the same time i was you know considering that it was my first real um situation uh first real experience in that situation i felt like i handled it well even when it went wrong you know
2: yeah yeah um I felt like once you got going again, like uh, there was a point when I thought, man, it kind of looks like he's maybe getting a little arm pump. Like maybe you were struggling with some things. But then as I watched the race back, that track just seemed like the corners were slower. Like you guys were having to square some corners up. It it was just a weird flow. Um, but, But did you have any issues with arm pump or anything like that? Or was it just the way the track was and it just seemed like corners were difficult? No, I was totally good.
1: Um, it was just one of those tracks where, you know, everything depended on the corner before. So if you were tight in one corner you were gonna be wide in the next and you couldn't really do much about it because you couldn't move because of the rust or um you know, like the the section where I made the mistake that, that three on the holes on that tabletop were huge. So half the time you were just shooting for the hip once you landed or uh once you got straight you didn't really know where you were going. It was just uh <laughs> Upends track,
2: honestly. Yeah, it was awkward.
3: So uh, we are talking about not talking about motocross a little bit. Um, right now, we have a great listener question from Garrett Rockley wants to know about if you had aspirations of being a drag racer like your dad. And Kyle McNabb also said he was into junior drag growing up, and was both of them were kind of curious about that.
1: Definitely not. um <laughs> I never had much aspiration for the drag racing thing. I- I still, I mean, I would still like to drop the clutch on a pro stock bike at some point in my life. Uh-huh. Um, I, I am a, an avid drag racing fan. I watch it probably way more than my dad watches it. I, I know more about what's going on than, than my dad does. Um, but and, and I, I love the sport, but I just never really was that into it. I, you know, I always thought pro stock was cool. It was never that much in a popular or funny car, but um, the only thing that really kind of interested me was was the bikes i
3: guess yeah i was working at a local shop and we had a whole bunch of guys that had like stretched high and all this (laughs) and um, i went down to watch the drags with my buddies of mine and i'm watching these guys and i'm like i'd like to try that so i borrowed a buddy's gixxer 1000 and i guess just being in the moto and racing and knowing how to use a clutch without just dumping it i did pretty dang good i think for um drag racing dirt uh, or motorcycles so it was fun. I, I I think you should try it. I, obviously, it wasn't top fuel, but, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild. It's, it's a crazy sport, and there's a lot of moving parts to it. But I always remember as a kid, I would always tell my dad, you work on those things for two hours and ride them for six seconds. I can work on mine for six seconds and ride it for two hours. and uh, That was kind of my theory.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not into all the working on bike stuff. That's why I kind of – my dad raced dirt track cars growing up. And after a couple of my injuries in the last few years, I'm like, man, maybe I should get in a roll cage. And then I realized how much it costs and how much time these guys work on their cars all week long just to go tear them up. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't. That's not for me. Yeah,
1: I think that that's kind of what intrigues me about drag racing now, though. Is I really like the mechanical side of things, and um, even even in motor, motocross racing, I love you know knowing how things work and kind of understanding what's going on underneath me, if you will. Yeah, um, but that's probably what intrigues me about drag racing the most now is just
2: the, technical the setup,
1: how the things, and and yeah, knowing what they have to do to to make it down the track and everything. That's it's probably my biggest interest.
2: That's cool. All right, so I got one more, probably one more racing question, and then I want to get into some other stuff. But um, what so we've we got one round left. You missed part of the season, but what's the biggest thing you've learned this season on a four fifty?
1: Man, the starts crucial. You know, like. <laughs> You, you always say that, and it's super cliche, but really it is. I mean, when you have a field like what we have right now in the 450 class, where there's so many guys on, you know, a very, very similar level, it's, yeah. it's so important. Awesome. There's, there's not many guys, I mean, not even really Eli right now at the moment, can come from eighth or tenth and, and win a race, or, uh, you know, it's hard to even be on the podium. So, yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing is, you know, in, life, in 250 racing, you can. You can sometimes do that, start fifth and win, or you know, start eighth and get on the podium. But in the four hundred and fifty class, it's not no joke, right. man.
2: Or start dead last and win a championship. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that too. That, that's not happening.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh uh, man, DB was wearing you out last night. Oh,
1: he was. He was on one.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was good. i make
1: it pay though. That's okay.
2: It was funny, but yeah, we're gonna. I'll do the wrap-up show tomorrow night, and Daniel's gonna be on, so I'm definitely gonna ask him about that. It was pretty funny. All right, so I want to change topics. <laughs> I want to change topics, man. Um, so the, one of the reasons that I, with this opening that I gave you where I talked about you being probably my new favorite guy is your personality, really. Not so much your riding. All, all the pro riders are fast. But you probably do not remember this. I met you at Dallas last year for the first time. The next yes, race, I Okay, the next race, I, well, that's why this is key. The next race I go to is St. Louis. Um, I'm sitting in the back of Chad Reed's uh, tr- whatever, the the box band, whatever you want to call it, with Goose, you're walking in and you looked over and you turned and you walked over and said hi to me. And I'm like, you, how do you, like, you don't know the, who I am. <laughs> that, like, has stuck with me because every time I talk to you or every time I see you talk to somebody, it's clear that you care how these people feel. It's important to you. Um, you're just a class guy, man. I mean, like doing the meet and greets that we've, we did at Houston, we're going to do one in Vegas. You're, you're a special human being with your personality, with the type of person you are. And that kind of stuff means a lot, man. And, and I just, I think you're, you're an amazing human being, man. Honestly.
1: Thank you, dude. I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I just try to, you know, kind of treat people the way I would want to be treated. It's funny that I actually remember that. A little bit of an encounter uh, at St. Louis because I was uh, re- restoring a Z50 for my daughter, and I walked over there to um, to ask um, Shane, who was yep. practice guy, he was doing some uh, powder coating for me. So I remember walking over there, and I, I yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, that's that's why I walked over there. But then yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna not say hi to someone I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it just I guess. I still feel well. I don't feel this way anymore, but at that point, especially, I was still very new to doing media at races. I think that was maybe the third or fourth race we had done, and I'd only met you the one time. And I am still a super fan. You know, I'm not. I don't like. I'm not jaded by doing this yet. Hopefully, I won't get yeah. there. So when I meet a Zach Osborne or you know uh, whoever, you know, I'm like, holy shit, that's Zach Osborne. Still, you know, a little bit. So, but I don't know, man, it just, it meant a lot to me. And I want to ask you like when you're dealing with people and you're dealing with fans, like, do you think about the mark you're going to leave? Or, I mean, is it just come natural?
1: Um, Honestly, one of the biggest things for me with fans has been um, having kids and, and seeing my daughter um, look up to people, uh, you know, she, she loves gymnastics and, here look up the gymnast and then a couple months ago we went to a, a gymnastics meet and there was a famous gymnast there and um it was like barely sprinkling rain and this chick was like freaking out and you know gave my daughter like a rush autograph and um no personality and and luckily my it wasn't like my daughter's one hero yeah but um she did meet meet her hero uh not long ago um with an opportunity from Jenny taft to go to Fox and and see this girl and whatnot, and you know just to see what that means to to some people um, can be yeah really a changing experience you know and I always try to um, change people people or people's lives or people's perspective of who I am in a in a positive light so I think that that's one of the biggest things is just you know being able to I, I've never been the type you know there's not many people in the world I, I i can't name one right offhand, that i would be like completely geeked out to meet you know <laughs> but but some people are some yeah. people are like that um and especially little kids little kids are are very um moldable or or um i don't really know how to say it but you know they're impressionable. very impressionable influent- yeah impressionable and, and influenceable and um i think that that's, that's been the biggest thing for me is just seeing how it can shape a kid um, or even an adult for that matter uh, when you give them a a positive experience.
2: Yeah, you know, when we did the the meet and greet at um, Houston, like the kid afterwards and his buddies were so excited and the dad was like, man, you just made these kids weekend. And, you know, that really wasn't me. That's you because it's easy for me to say, hey, let's try to do this you're the guy, you're first of all, the superstar, quote unquote, you know, you're the guy that could say, I'm too busy. Uh, you do have a lot going on. You're doing a job. You took the time and you gave these three kids jerseys that you did not have to do. And, um, man, that's you, dude. That's that, that's just, there's a lot of guys that wouldn't have taken the time, you know? Um, so I want to lead that into when you're done racing, Whenever that is, you've had you know a, a fantastic career. You had some bad years. You went to to Europe to find yourself, basically when when things were not good. What do you want your legacy to be when you're done racing? What do you want people ten years from now to say about Zach Osborne?
1: Mm, man, that that's a good question. You know, I um, I lost a friend a couple years ago, Kurt Caselli, and one of like his main motto was be remembered as a person and not as a racer. And, um, you know, I think kind of my results speak for themselves as, as far as how hard I work or, you know, the talent that I've been given or whatever. But um, I think that the the person that I am daily um, and the, you know, the, the lasting impression that I leave on, on the people is probably more important. So I think that that, you know, that's a perfect, sort of motto, it's not mine, Um, and you know, I'm not um, claiming it by any means, but um, definitely I I, I would like for people to remember me as someone who, um, you know, went out of their way or above and beyond to, to, to make people enjoy their day or, um, you know, whether it's signing a couple extra autographs after the line ends or, you know, stopping for pictures or whatever. I I just, um, I try to, you know, treat people the way i want to be treated
2: yeah and that that shows um i, I know tj let me ask one more question yeah go ahead uh, um so no i just lost my train of thought go ahead you go i'll get my question <laughs> back he's put his hand <laughs> in my <laughs> face go ahead TJ. Hey, you got,
3: you know, he gets all worked up around you zach I'm just let <laughs> you know just letting you know <laughs> so um uh tyler tyler pateman asked um uh, asked zach about his best tom i
1: guess germant
3: germant story uh, I guess a kid Tom from E Town. Do, do you say how'd you say it?
1: Tom's your name. Yeah, yeah. He um he actually films for Evergood, and um I haven't spent a ton of time with Tom, but we had a uh interesting scenario a couple years ago. He came down to Florida to film um an Evergood innermost with me, which is like kind of yeah. like a more personal sort of longer video, and uh. <laughs> We got caught in the middle of Hurricane uh, Irma, so we were, like, dodging Hurricane Irma all over Florida.
3: While filming. Uh, trying
1: to ride the four destinations, and then, um, yeah, we ended up at my mother and father-in-law's house. There's, like, eight of us in this house, and <laughs> um, we we're all boarded up, and, you know, we were just holed up for three days. We played board games and hung out, did nothing, and, uh, yeah, we had a really good time. tons of good That's pretty cool.
2: Hey, Zach. So, okay, my question I was going to follow up with a minute ago was, okay, I I don't want this to come off negative, and I think you'll understand, but if you never win a 450 championship, if you just finish out your career, you know, with some wins, some podiums, you know, you race a few more years, whatever, um, but everybody pretty much has a really high opinion of you, like we were just talking about with your legacy, are you happy with your career? Are you satisfied with what you accomplished? Let's say you race three more years, and you know you you finish like let's say top fives, finish overall top fives, a couple wins. Are you happy with what what where you started and where you end? Yes, I mean,
1: yeah. I, I if you know if I look at my career now from uh, when I was in two thousand eight, and and you would have given me. The picture where I sit today, yeah, I mean, all, all day long, I'm happy with it. I've been successful and, um, I've dug from a lot of, a lot of ditches. And, uh, um, you know, it, for me, it's all about perspective. I, you know, I could be bummed that I haven't won 15 championships. I've, you know, simply won three championships. But at the same time, there's been times where I, I felt like I would never win a race or never be on another podium. So right. for me, it's, uh, it's all about keeping that
3: in check. Well, that's cool that to to hear you and riders be real about that because there's only I mean really if you look at it there's only there's only one winner per year per basically per class and to be to that some guys you know if I didn't win they're not going to be happy or whatever that's really cool to see somebody genuinely be down to earth about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, there's always a way to. To find a disappointment in, in any situation or um, be bummed about it but at the same time there's there's uh, on the flip side all the, that much more motivation to be uh, to be happy about it so I just choose to be happy and, and be grateful and um, keep fighting
2: right okay and I may have asked you this before um, post race life what do you want to do you're doing the podcast right now is is commentating is training um you know uh mental coach anything like that something
3: that's what he wants is like like six little 65 and 85 riders he has to deal with every day i'm sure he might like
2: that (laughs) he might like that
1: i don't know man there that's a question that my wife and i have juggled you know not heavily lately but you know obviously i don't really have 15 years of racing left you know i might have three or four or whatever Um, it's something that has kind of started to come into our mind. What, what I should do after I'm done or what I would like to do. Um, obviously I've dabbled in the off road thing before and it's something that I really enjoy. And I feel like that I can do for, um, you know, three or four more years after, after motocross and supercross. So that's something that's definitely on my radar. Um, a rally or two or, or a lot have, has always been one of my dreams. I would love to do a Dakar, um, I don't know how realistic that is, but it's something that definitely, um, is on my keen interest list. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I really have no clue. Um, I love to learn. Um, I'm a pretty, I feel like I'm a pretty knowledgeable guy in, in quite a few different areas of, of the sport. And, um, I really just, I can't answer that with a, with a straight, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, or, this yeah, is my fair. goal at
3: this point, you know? What okay. blows my mind is I've actually raced a cross country race, and there's no way that's easier than riding moto. And the fact that uh, guys talk about like, you, Andrew Short, who's gone, who's, you know, they quit, y'all quit racing motocross and supercross, and you're going to try to take it easy and then go do the cross country stuff, that just blows my mind.
1: Well, I, I don't think it's so much down to, riding i think it's more down to uh you know you can drive your motorhome to the race and stop along the way and have fun with your family and you know not get on four different flights for 30 weekends a year (laughs) and you know there's a lot of perks you know it's it's like 12 or 15 races a year um it's definitely like a half or even you know a quarter of the the travel load um as what you face as a supercross guy you know
3: yeah, Garrett Rockley says that Shorty and Zacco and Dakar, that'd be the dream team right there.
1: <laughs> it would be pretty rad. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm capable, honestly. Like, I, I love to send it, but um, 95 miles an hour across the desert definitely seems a little bit uh, out of my realm. Insane. I'm not sure if no. I'm capable.
3: No, we were talking, we had, I cannot remember the, the girl's name that we had on um, – I guess it was at first this year or the end of last year, the girls that raced the Vegas to race Taylor, re- Taylor Hyman. Taylor Hyman. And their average speed across the desert was like 80. Yeah.
7: So,
1: yeah, that's are, no joke. I yeah. mean, they'll average like 80, 85 for like three- and four-hour stages. I'm like, yeah. you know, you're averaging that for a four-hour stage. That means you were at
2: some point doing like 120, at yeah, some those, point doing 60. Right, so yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah. Okay and yeah. those
3: women are tougher than me, yeah. period. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Taylor and her <laughs> friends. Um, I don't remember all their names. Taylor was one of the early makeup to mud girls last year, but they do they they do an all girls team or all women's team. Excuse me for uh, was it Vegas to Reno? I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and they've won I think two years in a row. Um, and yeah, that's it's very impressive. I mean, like I haven't rode in the desert in twenty years, but that those speeds and you know they're they're not saying anything derogatory, but they're females. They're not. Physically, typically as strong as a man would be, but they're out there just crushing it, and that's damn—they're badasses. Period. Um, yeah. Was well, that dude again? I, I just told Rick Johnson this too, but it's an honor, it's a privilege to have you on. Um, I appreciate everything you've done for the show. We will be doing a meet and greet in Vegas, barring any weather issues or anything like that, where you can't do it. Um, and for our listeners, you guys probably saw on the YouTube what we did at Houston. Uh, we'll do that again in Vegas. And again, thank you for agreeing to do that and coming on the show.
1: No problem. Thanks guys. Thanks for some, uh, you know, kind of out of the box, uh, outside the normal questions,
2: questions. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, like when I, when I text, texted you, I, I kind of figured you'd end up doing pulp cause he usually, you know, first of all, you're, you're good friends with Steve and he usually gets the winner on and guys he's really tight with. So I kind of had a feeling you'd be on and I just wanted to touch on some different topics cause it's really hard to follow Steve. Steve's very good at what he does, and he gets into all the important stuff. So all I could have done really anyway is ask the same questions. And pretty much anybody that listens to our show, they're already listening to Pulp. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome.
4: I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, good, good from the
2: for me your content. Okay, Zach, we'll see you this weekend, buddy. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, see ya fantastic.
3: I think um, every time that people hear him talk and listen to him on interviews or whatever, he gains fans every time. Yeah, you know what he's I mean? just
2: a good dude. And I know I repeat myself a lot with stuff like that, but that matters to me. That kind of stuff, you know, I generally, genuinely am... I don't know what the word is. Like it, It's impressive, because they yeah. don't have to be that way. They could be dicks, which I don't know why people would be dicks just in general, but He's just a good guy, man, and, yeah. and I appreciate that. That's one of the reasons I'm a fan of Chiz. You know, I mean, I've told the story why I like Chiz, but he's a good dude, and he's just always been good to me, and I like yeah. that, man. Um, okay, so before we go into our next commercial break, let's do a couple more giveaways. Um, we did not get a winner on YouTube for the two sprockets. We did not. So as of right now, there's still two sets that are two pair two. There'd be a pair, a pair of a front pair, well, uh,
3: two front sprockets. I don't know if they're really yeah, up. two
2: okay, two front sprockets yeah. available for a second person on the contact form. All right, here's the next giveaway. I have some coupons for a Churby's plastic. I can't say how much they are
3: because it's a lot.
2: It's it's a really good discount. I can't promote how much they are, but if you go to pulp, pulp, there I go again. <laughs> Motoxpodshow.com, Click on the contact form put in the subject headline a chirbies we will pick a random winner and we will give two of these gift cards uh, discount cards away
3: i'm telling you these are legit like yep like i'm going to have to make a couple of fake accounts to try to win <laughs> these things i mean it, i mean obviously i make right. jokes but i mean it's it's more than we can say
2: yeah it's it's i can't I, i'm not even going to get into it just yep. just enter the contest oh and as by the way I haven't said this before and one of our listeners emailed me and I was supposed to say this and it was a good point. If you're international listener, like I just emailed or I just had a winner for in Australia for a helmet, you can still enter. You can still win. You will be required to pay the shipping just because it's pretty expensive. But if you want to enter and you want to pay the shipping, have at it. We appreciate all the contest uh, entries.
3: And when you're winning like a, free set of boots the shipping is gonna be less than buying a set yeah, of yeah I think
2: the helmet he he won a uh, F two fly F two mm-hmm. helmet yeah and I think it was sixty bucks maybe seventy bucks shipping that's all he had to pay. For yeah. A, for and brand so the boots helmet. are
3: gonna be about the same. The helmets are so yeah so it, it's definitely worth
2: that it. That was Australia. I don't know about other countries. Um and speaking of the the helmet we are going to be doing another custom painted fly F two helmet by extreme colors soon. That's going to be Patreon only again, so if you're not a Patreon supporter, get signed up, man. Patreon.com. It's easy. Dude, you can sign up. You can donate a dollar a month if you want. I mean, I'd rather you donate $5 a month, but if you do a dollar a month, you might it have a, a chance to win a custom painted helmet. And this time, what we've done the last two is I send the helmet to Kirk. I say, paint whatever the hell you want. Just put our logo on it. Put the Fly logo on it, and we give that helmet away. This time... We're not going to get the helmet until you win. You can pick how you want it painted and Kirk will do you know, we'll work with you and do what you want, but that's going to be Patreon only. So if you're not a Patreon supporter, you don't have a chance to win. And enter these damn contests, man. Some of these contests we get lots and lots of entries. Some of them we get like 5. Dude, enter the damn contest. It's not that hard. We want people to enter. We want to know you're listening. We get thousands of downloads a week, like 4,000 downloads a week, and we get like five people entering a contest. That's embarrassing, dude. Come on. Um, have I did the power band suspension one yet? I haven't. Nope. Okay. This is going to be for everybody. This is also an email. All you got to do, again, go to the contact form on MotoXPodShow.com. Power band racing. If you have WP suspension and you want free servicing from, WP, uh, from power band, email... Subject headline Power Band Racing. We'll pick a winner. That's it. It's pretty simple. Go the, to the website, the contact email form. contest. We're going to run for two weeks. So if you don't listen, we're recording tonight, whatever. The, it's the 30th or 31st. If you don't listen tonight, you got two weeks uh, before we pick a winner. So yeah, that's it. It's going to rain again. It's going to rain?
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's supposed to rain any time now. Okay, so I think that's all our contest for tonight. Let's go to a commercial, and we got to get Courtney Lloyd on.
7: to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too.
2: Dark side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828. 1472 or email char, char at mxgirl.com and that's mxgirl g u r l and tell her Moto X pod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil synthetic oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles.
1: Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles or your business? would you like to become an Anzol dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzol to your friends and fellow racers? With Anzol, you get free shipping on orders over $100 even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works.
2: We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Night's Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto x show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225. Or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy On Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393 And on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy What's up Moto X Pod listeners, this is Darkside And as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety That's why all Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products all Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic wrist braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com. Or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Cevacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gurky, and Brock wear in their pro careers. Check them out. All sports, dynamic braces. All right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing leaky fork seals, so get you some Shock Socks at your local dealer or burnmotorsports.com. On the line with us, the three-time Team Canada MX of Nations manager. Um, Unfortunately, she is not the team manager this year. We're about to talk about that a little bit. Miss Courtney Lloyd. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, listen, so for our listeners, there there's, some sto- there's a story here that some may not know about why you're not the team manager this year. Ryan Galdi did a very, very good podcast on GuaranteedMX.com that gave the whole story. Um, I want to just touch on the highlights real quick, and then I have some questions for you. Um, so if you would, just kind of give us the highlights of what happened, why you decided to not... Do that this year
0: Yeah I mean there's a lot of history That I could go into But I won't bore you guys with that Because not many people really care But um, Well I do The biggest thing is just oh, thanks man I appreciate that <laughs> um, Our our FIM Spanx in Canada Is not actually our national Nationally ran series So They don't actually go to races They don't hold any events um, But they have the FIM control in Canada And they have the, they have the. They're allowed to say whether we attend events or not. So we didn't attend in 2015 because um, the woman's name is Marilyn. She said that we weren't allowed to go after Goldie did it in 2014, and then so it just got. um, For one person, I feel like to have that much control over an entire country, and the riders work so hard each year to to go to things like the Motocross of Nations and Tyler for the IC. I mean, he did both last year. He's such a badass, but. It's um. It just gets really muddy, and she's very, just not a good person. Like I don't really want to just sit here and slam her because I'll sound like I'm bitter, but it's just every single person that's had to deal with her in our country as far as getting a superpass license or things like that. She just basically don't like squashes it, and right. I think for me to try and make a change in Canada, for me to try and push her out, it's not fair if I'm working with her you know, on one hand, hey, let's get the team going. Can I can I send the team? And then on the other hand, I'm, you know, bashing her behind her back. So this was kind of the only thing that I could do that would get the SIM's attention because I have made some contacts there and I have made a few friends in the SIM and but I still felt like Canada was being ignored. And so by me resigning it's definitely opened up a lot of eyes, that's for sure. Yes. So it's it's been a positive as shitty
2: as it is for me. It's, it's been a positive. So I'm going to kind of say what I know a little bit, which I, I met you. Um, I, think I actually met you at MX of Nations this year, but I, I kind of had heard about you through some different people. And I got you on the show a little, like a year ago, the first time um, you, you're, you're an amazingly sweet person. Everybody clearly, it. clearly loves you at, okay. So at MX of Nations at Redbud this year or last year, you welcomed me into the Canadian tent as if I was one of your own. Uh, you guys fed me. You, you, just fantastic people. Everybody there clearly loves you. Steve Mathis, yeah. who is Canadian, has nothing but good things to say about you. Galdi has nothing but good things to say about you. All these people have horrible things to say about Marilyn Bastido, um, who she. You guys have the CMA, right? That's like your AMA, basically.
0: That's right. Yeah. But sh- the only difference is we don't have any state CMA events in Canada.
2: Right. So and she seemingly has a lot of power but seemingly from all the stories not just you so it's not you bashing her cuz you're, you know, pissed off at her or something. She seems to want to harm the Canadian motocross for some reason. She has some vendetta, it seems. I mean, I'm I don't know her, but when 5, 6, 10, 20 people say something in particular about a person, there has to be something there. It's not all these people making stuff up. Why does this person still have, why is she still in position? Why can she not be taken out of position? How does it work? Um, can you explain that? Because that's what, like, I'm really confused why anybody would want her there or allow her to be there.
6: Yeah, and I mean,
0: I think it confuses everyone, too, and I've been asked that so many times. And um, she was actually the North American FIM president before Robert Dingman just got voted in in December. So she actually had control over the U.S. and Canada oh. for a year. And so it was it was a lot greater than just Canada. And so um, from what I've heard, and like, like I don't honestly know that this is just what I've been told, is that her and the former president of the FIM have been very close since like the 60s. So she always had protection and it is a bit of an old boys club, you know, and I think Marilyn just had her friends that were a part of the FIM for years and years. And I think they were okay with, you know, she would fly to um, Austria once a year, she'd get a first class ticket and they'd have dinner and take pictures and all that stuff. And I think, and I think everyone was okay with that for a long time because I think there was a lot of countries that were kind of in the same position where there, there's these people in these positions for decades and, they're not really bringing anything to the table, but until one person got voted out or two people got voted out, no change would happen because they're just all little homies. It's like their little clubhouse, but it's just yeah. a really expensive clubhouse, you know.
3: So it sounds like you're and other people are working to change the way things are. Is there plans to put in more of like a panel rather than one person? You know, because as they say, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> Um, is there like, what's the plan forward?
0: Well, currently they do have a board, on the CMA and they are supposed to vote on things and they are supposed to all have an opinion, but I truly believe that people are just so scared of Marilyn and so scared to go up against her that let's say a new person comes in and they want to try and make a change and they go up against her. I feel like they would just be voted out. I feel like Mm. they would just be, you know, kind of blackballed in that little club of people that is the CMA. So I think for real change to happen, the FIM has to actually move away from the CMA and into a different organization within Canada. I mean, we have the MMIC, we have the MCC. The MCC are kind of the referees, the, the head cheeses for our national series. So the MRC, if there's a protest or if there's a really big issue that has to go above the MRC, they go to the MCC. So people like that that are actually involved in racing currently I think should have the ability to have, to send us to these overseas races and, yeah. and not, you know, not someone that's afraid, because when you're on a board, if you're afraid of someone on that board, you're not going to vote the way you want to vote. You're just going to be like, oh, fuck, I don't want to deal with her. Right, I'm just going right. to do whatever she wants. Uh, you know, like, and so I think for real change to happen here, I think the CMA has to be gone. It's not just a matter of, like, it's like everyone keeps bugging me that I'm the next Marilyn Bastido and, oh, I'd rather shoot myself, but, like, I... <laughs> I think it's so much bigger than me. It's, it's there's proper people in place that are professionals, and those are the people that deserve to be have the SIM, yeah, you know, behind them.
3: So, and this is complete ignorance on my part, and I'm sure other writer, other listeners are the same way. So, the CMA is not in charge of y'all's series over there right now, like at all. That's right.
0: At all, they have nothing to do with. They haven't had anything to do with our series in twenty years. In a national professional race period in twenty years. Wow, that's crazy!
3: I like, did. I didn't know that. Like, yeah. it, I always thought the CMA was what the AMA is here. Yeah.
0: I mean, and that's because when, like, when Toronto Supercross is up here, the CMA gets they wear their white suits and yeah. they're out there flagging. But it. But the reality is, those people aren't at any of our nationals. That's the only thing that they really had left was. The Toronto Supercross, and that's so that's I think the perception is like, oh yeah, they have FIM sanctioning, but we really don't. They just got to do that one race because it's an FIM race, and they are. But as far as our national series go, they have nothing to do with it. They haven't in two decades. It's oh, been wow. Mark Stalley with the CMRC, and now Justin Thompson, and right. we're not FIM
2: at all. Right. Like if somebody had just told me this story, and I didn't know you. And I hadn't really ever heard Galdi before. You know, I would say that's not possible. Why would somebody in charge of this organization want their country to suffer? And how could that be allowed? Like, it's even listening to Galdi on Guaranteed MX, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. How does it benefit her for Moto to die there? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it comes down to.
0: And that's the frustrating thing. I mean, Jesse Pettis called me last year, and he's like, I need to get my um, Supercross license, but Marilyn won't give it to me. Yeah, And I'm like, oh. so I phone her, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, Jesse's trying to get his, and she's like, well, I just don't think he's ready. <laughs> and I'm like, Marilyn, if our Canadian champion isn't ready to go down to the U.S. and do Supercross, then nobody is. Like, what You have no right to tell the kid what he can and can't do. That's up to his family, up to his team, and up to him. Yeah, and then when he gets down there, it's either going to be good or bad. Like that, but that's not up to you to decide. And he didn't get his license until like I think two or three days before he was supposed to be racing. Like, what a thing for a kid to have to stress about? Yeah, when he's you know trying to go down there and race, it's, it's well, just not right. And
2: again, I don't want to take anything away from Galdy's interview with you because it was really good, a lot of good details. So please go to Guaranteed MX and listen to this. But you told a story, and I'm just going to touch on it about like money that MX team managers are supposed to get for MX of nations for whatever you need. She wouldn't give up. She told you you didn't need it. She didn't think you needed it. I mean, I'm, you know, like you were talking about like having to, if you had a dinner for the team she would say, why is this so much basically, you know, and you got three riders and mechanics and whatever. And of course it's going to be, it, 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 she just seems to have this power trip and, who would want to deal with that? And that sucks because you, first of all, like I, maybe it shouldn't be such a big deal that you were a female team manager, but it's fucking awesome. And you know, you look, Canada hasn't done spectacular and in MX nations most year, but the last couple years they have had a pretty damn good show. And you've had amazing riders. I mean, having Fasciati and Medallia, I mean, and they're great guys and just a great presence. And, I don't know, man. It just, it blows me away. And I wanted to bring a little bit more light to it with the story and kind of try to get an understanding of why, like, it just seems like it would be such an easy thing to say, no, this bitch is gone. Whoever her bosses are or whoever, yeah, you don't want to deal with her, but the best way to not deal with her is to get her out. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and I
0: think there's, you know, there's a lot that I could say about that. I think the biggest thing is, like, you know, the best we have done since I took over is 10th, and and that doesn't seem like a great number, but when you think that we have riders that aren't allowed to go and ride in the U.S. because she tells them no. Yeah. And then we fly to Italy. We ship all our shit over there. We, we've we never been to a GP. Like, none of the boys had ever been to a GP. Sean, the first year of Maffler, he had never even rode a U.S. national before. Wow. And then here I have him, like, on the line in Italy, and he's like, this is really stressful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I know, dude, you know, like... So, because I think we're, like, we're so close to the U.S. and we're we're really, you know, compared to you guys a lot, but because we have had this one person that's holding our riders back, you know, I don't know how we were expected to do any better without them being allowed to go down there and race and without well, them having the permission from this one woman to go and actually train with the guys.
2: Yeah, and honestly, and i, I not just kissing your ass but with everything that you all the adversity from her that you were up against and just the fact that you even showed up and did anything let alone what you did accomplish and with the like i would have never known there was an issue based off how you acted you know how you talk to people the the the, um the joy you had being there at redbud this year i would have never known you deserve all the the props that you've been given. And, again, like I said, it's clear that everybody loves you. Um, so I just – hey, good job on you. Thanks. But go Thank ahead. I, uh, TJ's got a question, so I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, well, I was going to say yep. with what you've done and the – I guess you'd call it commotion, which is exactly what it was supposed to be, of you stepping down um, – and the fact that the canadian series that is there seems to be drawing riders in seems to be paying good it's getting i would say from the guys i've talked to good reviews i mean there's always in every series people want to change this or change that but this only year 2 yeah this yeah this is a really good time to really i guess start banging the drum saying something needs to change i, yeah. I don't think y'all could have struck why the iron was any hotter
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of, like, the timing for me, um, as as bad as I felt for the boys and as, you know, shitty as it was to have to do, I think, because we have had such a good presence, and I haven't said a word to anyone about any of this while it was going on, because I think that would really take away from the program, and I think the fan support would have went away a little bit had I said to people, like, oh, Maryland's this, or Maryland's that, like, and that was my shit to take on. I don't feel like it was for the riders or the mechanics or the teams or the sponsors, and... I didn't want that negativity around it. I wanted it to be something cool that we get to do, you know, once a year. And so I think for me to just stay quiet and then, you know, people did see us put on a good show and people did come out and support it. And the boys felt so supported by everyone, even people in other countries. Like, it was so rad for them to get to have fans overseas. And, you know, people are cheering Canada and we're across the world. Like, that was a really sick feeling for them. And I think if I would have brought in this negativity, I don't think we would have had the same support. So, I think now people are listening because I'm not just like this boy who cried wolf that bitches about stuff all the time. Like, right. I think they're taking it serious because it is serious and I'm not making this up. Like, it's legitimately how it happened and I gave it my 100% best solid effort. And I just, I hope now people will listen and understand like that things have to change.
2: Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I hate that it's going on. Uh, I hope that if somehow they find somebody else that decides they want to be team manager, like, no riders w- are willing to ride. Like, I, I... I, And that may not... She probably doesn't care. But I just... I don't... I hate to see you guys not there, but I just don't want her to get anything out of this. You know, I I don't know. I, I <laughs> It sucks. And I, I was... I don't know why I'm so fired up over it because, again, I'm not Canadian, <laughs> but I just took a liking to you and what you represent and what you did and your writers were so amazing to us. They all came on the show the same night. Um, you know, uh, just, I don't know. I hope everything gets worked out. I hope that next year she's gone, you're back in and you guys can represent and um, you know, you'll have plenty of time and the money and everything that you're supposed to have. Um, I, I hope it gets fixed. That's all I can say. And, again, to our listeners, please go to GuaranteedMX.com. I'm almost positive that's the website. I hope I don't have it wrong. Ryan Galdi's website. And listen to his podcast. It's really good. A lot of cool details of things that Marilyn did to Courtney or made things difficult for Courtney. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Courtney, thank you. Well, and I think it's a cool dynamic with Ryan, too,
0: because he got fired from the position. Yeah. he kind of knows what, exactly what questions to ask and what it was about. So it's, it's, a, it's a really good podcast if you guys get a chance to go and have
2: a listen. Absolutely. Courtney, thank you for coming on tonight. Um, always a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully we'll we'll get to run into each other somewhere again soon.
0: Yeah, for sure. thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. You have a good night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck. Yeah, sounds good.
0: Thanks, guys. Have a good
2: night. Good okay. Night. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Um, that whole okay. thing doesn't make any sense. It like, really doesn't. It like, just It's somebody that has too much power, and like she's saying, I guess, everybody's scared of her, and nobody would just shut her down. That's what it seems like. It doesn't make sense, and it's hard to believe, except so many people are backing her up. And what makes it
3: not hard to believe is let's look at how the FIM has handled other things. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let's look at how they've handled whatever it is. Yeah, so...
2: Um, so... Your, the answer to your question is yes. I okay. said we would. So, okay. Um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break and get our other, who was supposed to be our other co-host on, the phone. We'll do a quick wrap up and we'll call it a night.
5: All right, our next guest
2: of the night is brought to you by Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1989 and his prices have never changed. $295 gets you a professional, one of a kind paint job. Contact Kurt at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com. On the line with us, Mr. Cooper Webb. What's up, Coop?
4: Hey, guys, how's it going?
2: It's going good, man. So we, we started talking a little bit off the air. Um but yeah, so this weekend rolling into Vegas. The championship is super, super close. Um the, the what I heard is even if Eli wins, as long as you finish twentieth or better, it's all yours. What's that feel like? <laughs> yeah, it's
8: you know, obviously it's another race that I have to to get through. But uh yeah, it was good. I mean, um, had a great weekend in in New Jersey and was able to, you know, utilize the night to get full points and get another win of the season, which was incredible. And uh, yes, I mean, obviously the the wiggle room going into Vegas is is good, you yeah. know, but there's still, you know, you never know with racing. But uh, you know, it's it's definitely good to be ahead than than behind for Absolutely. sure.
3: Absolutely. Well, I would say that you've had almost all good weekends even your bad weekends um i would say 90% of the field would have thought would have been a good weekend for them so i yeah. mean this is not just a like fall into i guess you'd call it points lead you have now you've definitely earned it with with just being so consistently fast
5: <laughs>
8: oh, i appreciate that yeah it's been good um you know and and really i'd say like you said my my bad races really kind of came more at the beginning of the season. You know, I had a that crash at the, the Mudder in San Diego that put me back to 8th, and then uh, Glendale had a bad race that was 10th. But, you know, the, besides those two, I've been, been able to be really, really consistent, I feel like. And, uh, you know, ever since it went, the East Coast started, things really started kind of clicking. So, uh, yeah, it's been good, you know, obviously. At this level, you you want to try to win as much as you can, but you know you're you're you got to understand the big picture sometimes, yep. and you know, yep. uh, capitalize if you can. But you know, if not, make the best out of out of uh, which what you can. So uh,
2: well, you've been yeah, doing that,
8: uh, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah.
2: S- So I don't know if you remember this or not, but at Dallas in the press conference before before the press conference started, we were talking and uh yeah I'm pretty, pretty sure it's Dallas but anyway we talked about confidence and coming into the season and you know you were still kind of like man it's it's like you didn't feel quite yet like you were one of the guys quote unquote you know and um you have won like you've won races coming from the back uh you've won races from start to finish you've won triple crowns i mean where do you where are you at right now with not necessarily ego, but, like, confidence, knowing that, hey, I am an elite 450 rider now. Are you there? You feel it now?
5: Yeah.
8: No, for sure. Uh, you know, and I think even at the beginning of the season, it, it was great to to get wins, but like I said, you, you don't know um, if it's going to keep happening, you know, if, what's going to happen next. So, obviously now, yeah, I would definitely say I'm – you know, a contender and and a, a top guy in the class. And like you said, I've been fortunate enough to, to kind of uh, have success across the board. You know, a lot of different uh, races, a lot of different situations, um, you know, different tracks, different this. So, uh, you know, and, and also being consistently <clears throat> on the podium as well. And, you know, I feel like I've been in the fight. Every race I I attend, so yeah, um, you know it's yeah, like you said. I would I would say the confidence is there again for sure, and and it's nice to to be able to you know say that I'm a, a top guy in the in the premier class.
2: Awesome.
3: So as we get to the end of the Supercross and everybody's up in the, you know, I mean you you all you have what you feel about what's going on. Have you started turning some focus towards the outdoor stuff? I mean. All of us are moto riders. We grow up doing that and most of the pros I know love riding moto. So our you yeah. T- yeah.
8: Yeah, we um you know, in the week we started a, a little bit before the weekend off, but uh the weekend off that week leading up to Thanksgiving we actually did a a test with KTM out in Florida and um yeah, got, got things rolling pretty good with the outdoor swing and then uh you know, since then for me, it is you know last week, it had kind of shifted back to Supercross, um, you know, because that's where for me my focus is right now. And and last weekend was a, you know, it wasn't a big weekend, but it, it, it kind of was, you know, because um, it was kind of I felt like one of two things could happen, you know, I could do kind of like how I did and really have, be in a good position going into to Vegas, you know, or it could have been a little tighter. So, uh, I put a lot of focus into supercross and so even now this week, um, yeah, I was able to ride outdoors on Monday and then, um, you know, we're still focused on supercross, you know, there's still obviously another race left and want to be sharp and, and really kind of, I feel like I, I'd like to really try to go for another win. So, um, you know, try to do that. And then we, we have the two weeks, you know, leading up to Hangtown and I think with with outdoors, you really never truly have enough time coming into Hangtown, you know, unless you just fully turn off Supercross. But uh, I don't think you'll ever feel like, oh, man, I'm 100% ready going into Hangtown, whether it's bike setup or fitness. So I feel like, you know, the next two weeks we'll really hit outdoors hard and prepare ourselves the best we can. But once you go racing, I think that'll kind of tell us you know, what, what I need to maybe improve, whether it's, you know, speed or bike setup or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. That,
3: that brings me to like, the next point was you hear a lot of guys who have won championships in Supercross and the, they go into, I guess the outdoors, you know, I guess a little bit underprepared because of focusing so much on Supercross. Does this, little bit of a lead you had does that give you a little bit of pressure off on the supercross or you know do you think you're going to go into moto like behind the eight ball like Anderson was last year and stuff like that
8: uh, I mean it's hard to say I've never really I've never been in this situation you know but uh and and really I've actually never done a full season on the 450 so um you know, a lot of times, like last year I got hurt and, and didn't start outdoors. And the year before, um, I had kind of totally shut off supercross by the end and was just doing outdoors. And, but then my supercross results really sucked. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's a kind of a tightrope to walk. You know, you, you want to, give it your all in supercross and especially for me obviously like i said up until <clears throat> i felt like uh new jersey you know it, it was a good point lead don't get me wrong but like i said anything can happen with racing so you i really wanted to to utilize the weekend and you know give myself a little bit of more leadway going into vegas to hopefully take some of that pressure off for sure and um which was nice to be able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't think I'll be behind the eight ball, but it is tough to, I mean, shoot, I've been going wide open, you know, training, riding since October. Right. And, you know, it's one of those things that if it does happen Saturday night, this is something that I've dreamed of my entire life. So, you know, do you sit back for a few days and enjoy the moment and really, take it all in and then turn your, your focus outdoors or you wake up Sunday and forget about it all. So
5: you can uh, wait till Monday.
8: Yeah. Wait till Monday. And, uh, but like I said, I think, you know, everybody has been still focused on Supercross. Like I feel like, you know, up until last weekend, Marvin and, and Eli, um, we were all contenders, so I feel like yep. they've been putting a lot of effort in the Supercross, and um, you know, so obviously, I think now it, all of us will maybe. I mean, who knows? I don't know what what they'll be doing, but I still am focusing on this last race. Like I said, I feel like I want to to kind of go out and and try to you know seal it with a stamp, and and try to obviously be smart, but also. You know, I do have a bit of of breathing room, so I can,
5: uh,
8: you know, really try to race forward and and race hard.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about luck a little bit. You know, a lot of people say there's no such thing as luck, or you make your own luck. There's been a couple situations this year, such as, I think, Nashville. uh, If I'm not mistaken, went down, but then there was a red flag. Uh, You know, New Jersey the other night, I mean, Zach gets in the lead and makes a mistake, and, um, you know, uh, Eli crashes twice in the same spot, you know, Marvin crashes, it's like, when it's your year, it's your year. It seems like even on your bad nights, things still go pretty damn well for you for the most part. Um, Do you feel any of that, or is it, man, you're just out there doing your thing, and, you know, things just, you know, it's just working out?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think you gotta have a little luck. I agree with you in some ways, but I disagree a lot in others. Okay. Um I think you put yourself in those situations to utilize I guess you could say the luck or the um I mean yes, in, in Nashville, you know, with that red flag I did get lucky, but it's one of those things where, you know, it was a heat race yeah. and True. I'm I was I felt like I probably could have came back to squeak the ninth, you know, into the heat or whatever, and then obviously my gate pick wouldn't have been great, but you never know, you know. Obviously, I, I got lucky there, I would say. But, I mean, even I think last week, and I think personally the pace that I was going was a a solid pace, and I felt like the pace that Eli was riding with I put him in a situation where he had to ride, in my opinion, over his head to win. It looked that he way. needed he needed maximum points. And, you know, he's typically not a great jumper in the whoops. And I think, you know, he, he had that mistake. And, yeah, he probably was the fastest guy. But, you know, I think we can argue that all year, you know, in, in every class the fastest guy doesn't always win. So, I mean, I, I, I know what you mean. I, I, things have definitely gone my way, but I feel like, you know, when when I'm having a bad night or I'm a little off or I'm not the fastest, I personally feel like I kind of, you know, apply myself the best I can and put myself in a good situation, whether it be with a start or um, other people's misfortunes. And that's the thing. I mean, I feel like I've had some mis- misfortunes as well, and I've been able to still... You know, utilizing my my bad night so far this year with crashes or uh, whatever it may be. I've fell in the first turn at A1 and, you know, did the same thing. It's kind of hard was able to come back to fifth. And yep. uh, like I said, so I think it just, I feel like I've, the last couple races, I've maybe put the guys in situations where they have to ride flawless in order to capitalize or, or win to make points. And when you show up racing that way every weekend, it's, it's hard to do with, with that uh, pressure of, like, having to go out and win.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, man, it's been incredibly impressive and enjoyable watching you come alive this year, um, watching your personality shine. You know, um, you're, you're a pretty honest interview. Uh, you, you know, you say what you feel. Um, your emotions are on your sleeve sometimes, but I think that's just the beauty of uh, an athlete and a competitor. Uh, it's been fantastic. I've, I've enjoyed being able to visit with you at the rounds I've been at. Um, so I just got a couple more things for you. I'd like to know yeah. what's the most difficult part of this season. Has there been one thing um, or just uh, something that has been really difficult this year for you?
8: Um, man, it's a tough one. Obviously, it's been a great year, so yeah. it's hard to, to really pinpoint, you know, one thing. I think for me uh, a difficult thing has been uh, just learning how to, I guess, manage a championship,
5: mm-hmm. you know.
8: Um, I feel like I've, I've done it in the lights class well, um, and then even this year, you know, I felt like I did it really well until the past maybe four or five rounds you know when I've kind of that that I wouldn't say pressure but just in the back of your mind you don't want to have a bad race yeah, yeah. But I think the hardest thing for me is sometimes not being able to race you know at a hundred percent um f- like free feeling I guess but yeah. uh yeah you, you kind of ride defensively a little
2: it, bit maybe sure. Right. Yeah, what? defensively,
8: yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's been a little difficult and more difficult when you get off the track and kind of see what you left out there.
2: <laughs> right,
8: right. You know, so uh, – but I think, like I said, it's it's something that everybody maybe goes through, and I think it's taught me a lot and, you know, it's ultimately made me a better rider for sure. So um, I'd say that's the most difficult, but also uh, probably the biggest blessing and biggest learning experience you could have as well.
2: right. Okay, so my last thing uh, at Denver at the press conference, I asked you and Marvin a question, um, and it I don't think I asked it the way I meant to, um, and you know Marvin kind of shut me down. What what I was trying to ask is, okay, if it's me and I'm at a test facility with my biggest competition, and you know this guy is beating me sometimes, or or, or just very very close, or, or you know you had had the little run in at Houston a few weeks before. Not that, like, I okay, I, I don't like this guy, but when I'm riding, those thoughts, some thoughts have to be going through my head. Like, okay, this is my teammate, my training partner, but damn, I want to beat this guy. And that's got to play a little bit of an effect on you. You know, when you're thinking about anything out there other than just riding, I would think it would have some kind of effect. Maybe it makes you go faster. Maybe it messes with your mind a little bit. You know, and that was really what I was asking. I wasn't trying to say is there actually tension i wanted to know just how all that stuff affected you personally when you're on the bike at the training facility
8: uh at the facility i mean i i've been even with Swanepoel before i've always been used to riding with other guys mm-hmm. um so when i got there you know it was obviously the level was much higher um but yeah i think like anything I mean when you're on the racetrack at least the way I think about things and do things is you have that same feeling towards everyone you know you don't want to get beat and and in my mind everybody kind of um is a threat I guess you could say and, and raises that attention and that that awareness of just not settling and not wanting to be beat and I think during the week you know even though we're teammates and training partners and that I think just that similar competition still gets that out of me, whether it be with Marv or Zach or Jason. You know, it's it's not necessarily one. I don't look at one guy more than the other and be like, oh, I want to beat that guy especially. Yeah. Okay. You know? Um, but everybody's different. But I think for me, that's more of it's more of a just a competitive nature that I, we are fortunate enough to have during the week. And um, you know, I think it obviously it shows how. How it both made us better, yeah. And, um yeah, definitely. You know, improves everything.
2: Well, my favorite part of that was Marv's response of, uh, "Why don't you come out and to the Baker's Factory and watch?" <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, I take that as an invite. I'm, a, I'm, I'm coming, man. I'm gonna figure that out. I got to figure out how to find the place and show up and get in." But yeah, that wasn't that to me. That was an official invite. I will see you there at some point. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey. Yeah, you
4: have to ask Alden on that one. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, Cooper. Again, man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I appreciate you always having time for us when we ask. Uh, do you know if you're doing press on Friday or are you not?
8: Yeah, I am.
2: Okay, well, I will, and I'm sure my, my producer here, TJ, we'll see you Friday. Uh, man, oh, just look look forward to a great weekend. and Again, thank you and congratulations on what so far has been an amazing season.
8: Yeah, thank you, guys. I'll see you there Friday.
2: Okay, Cooper. Be safe, bud. Cooper Webb, man, uh, good interview, dude. He's
3: he's always been so confident, and yep. he's showing like some people I've had, you know, other riding buddies or your bench racing, and they act like like certain riders shouldn't be as confident as what they are. But I think any of the top guys could at some point in time, or at least like guys who have won championships, have pulled off this kind of season. And it has to start with that confidence. Because if they go in there thinking they may not be able to do it or however you want to word it, it's not going to work for them. Right. And when you have this level of confidence that he has going in, then when it starts to work, you're you're not – what's the word I'm looking for? You're not like
5: – not
3: Yeah, surprised. He's like, yep, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I know what I can do. And so, yeah, yeah it, I'm hoping that we see a congratulations for him because – it is going to be kind of crazy because nobody would have picked him as – I mean, obviously, look at all No, the, I didn't expect it at all. All the pundits and all the people who were talking about it this year, us, every podcast, nobody said, Cooper Webb's going to come out and win.
2: Well, apparently, just listening to Daniel last night, I think it was last night, and, and yeah, when Will Christian was on, uh, you, you hadn't heard that part of the Pulp Show yet. Yeah. Well, I'm not supposed to talk about the Pulp Show on here, but anyway. Um, Daniel – or Will said that Ricky said from like the beginning – Hey, watch this guy. Like from before A one even, I think. Like watched Cooper, but then they also said that he said watch a whole bunch of people. So who knows yeah, and but.
3: I think he. Uh, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, it yeah. was unexpected. Nobody nobody expected him to just come out like this. It, it's yeah. not it's not surprising as much as it's just out out of, out of nowhere. How do yeah, I word a that? little
2: bit, especially based off the last two years, like he yeah. didn't show any signs of this.
3: If he'd have done it two and years ago, everybody would have been like. There's yeah, in. yeah, yeah.
2: And just because he went to the Baker's factory really wasn't quite enough because we've seen Brock Tickle do that. We've seen other guys. Not that Brock might not have been on the same level as Cooper in the 250s, but just moving programs doesn't mean that like he had a complete turnaround. It was fucking amazing. Right. And, dude, it, I mean, I'm stoked for the guy. You know, Cooper seems at times cocky a little bit, very uh, not arrogant maybe, but just cocky. Yep. I mean, he's young, but um, when you talk to him and you see his interviews, like, He's a good kid, man. I mean, he's he's just... He's confident, and, I, and maybe that sounds cocky the way it comes off, but I, I don't know that... Like, he's not an asshole. He is a nice guy, um, and, dude, he deserves this. I'm proud of the dude. I think it's awesome.
3: Yeah, he, like I said, he's, he's confident, and he's showing us why.
5: Yeah.
2: Okay, we are back. Uh, we're going to wrap the show up. We've got... Our uh, guy, Phil Gates, was supposed to be in studio tonight, but he had to work late, so we're going to get him on the line, talk about Supercross and the upcoming Nationals just a little bit, and he is brought to you by Works, Wheels, and Mods. Brett Hooper at Works, Wheels, and Mods is the place to go for motor work and any Cerakote needs you have. If you want to add that factory look to your suspension, brake system, wheels, or anything else, contact Brett at hoop2814 at Gmail. What's up, Phil? What's up? How you been, man?
7: I've been pretty good. I'm uh I'm bummed that I didn't get to come in the second week in a because I had a work <laughs> Yeah,
2: you need a new it's, job. Uh,
7: yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I wish I'd go back to the old that way I'd have to waste some time off, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um but but yeah, it's a bummer I couldn't come in. Hopefully we can we can try this again. Yeah, uh, for sure here soon. So
2: For sure. Uh yeah. So since you didn't get to sit in for the guests, uh, we'll just talk about a little bit. Look, we, we've talked all night uh, and throughout the year. This Supercross season, to me, has been one of the best I've ever seen. Um, what do you think about overall of this season and what has stood out to you? I think what,
7: what stood out to me and everybody, the audience of Superweb um, emerging as the, the best guy this season. And um, – it's been a bummer because I'm a huge tomac fan and Robson fan so it, it's it it's been hard for me to watch on the weekends <laughs> because those guys aren't putting out the, the results that I would hope that they would they would put out each and every weekend like Cooper Webb is um, but definitely it's it's been exciting we've had a lot of good racing 250s also um, both coasts it's it, it's been really exciting I think the, my favorite season was probably 2011 um when we had Reed Stewart Canard, yeah, yeah um RV I mean Dungey um we had everybody for for a long time in that that season so uh this one is pretty close to that so yeah it's been it's been really good
2: yeah definitely um so do you think that Cooper can continue this outdoors Um,
7: you have to, you have to, you have to say yes, because, um, I think he's the most level-headed guy right now, especially with Alvin in his corner. And, um, I think the only guy that can, can run with him and be more consistent, if not the same, is Eli Tomac, because as we've seen in the past two years, he has been the best rider in the world, in my opinion, you know Jeffrey Hurling's is another topic, but <laughs> right, right. I, I I think Eli Tomac on his best day can be anybody. So yeah, th- it's those be interesting
2: those days where we see those rides that you're it's like, where the fuck is he making up that time? Yeah, those are magical yeah. days. Uh, you mentioned Ken Rockson a little while ago, man. I've been super bummed that this guy had had so close at Dallas, and then um, was it? Denver TJ where it seemed like, I think it was Denver where it's maybe Nashville where, yeah, it's Nashville where like the guy should have won that race. Right. And he got, he, oh, he, he ran, he hit Savachi, right Yeah. Yeah. Like that was yeah. his night. He was unbelievably flat fast through that second set of whoops. Um, and it's just been bad luck, man. But I feel like he's going to win Vegas. I don't know why. I just feel like he's got to get a win before the end of the season what do you think? You think he's got... You think it's a, like, you know, 50-50? What do you think the chances of him winning Vegas are?
7: I hope so, obviously. But, but the thing is, like, the stuff that he's putting out on social media um, is kind of puzzling uh, for our, for us and obviously him, too. And so I think he's kind of putting that narrative out there as saying um, maybe he's not at 100% right now and he's yeah. not sure why. Sure, And so... Maybe that's why we're seeing him do these top fives and not podium every single weekend. And Also, we're not even sure if he's going to race outdoors if this is a big issue that he's dealing with. Um, I do hope he wins Vegas, and I think it's going to be the biggest comeback in sports history when he does.
2: Yeah, he with the injuries he's had, the fact that he's getting top fives is pretty damn amazing. So the guy's a bad dude. And, and, and he had the points
7: lead, in a, yeah. you know, this year. So right, right,
2: that's crazy. Yeah. What about like um, just the, the Blake Baggett winning at Glendale, Barsha winning at A one. I mean, how exciting does it make it when there's five, four, five, six guys that really are winning or have a chance to win instead of two?
1: Man, I, it makes it
7: makes the the series so much better. Um, if if only everybody could stay healthy.
2: Yeah. And, and it's, it's, always... it's
7: just the way our sport is. Our sport is so harsh sometimes that the, the top guys and our favorite riders get taken out, and, and that's just how it is. That's the risk you take when you throw your leg over the dirt box. But, um, you know, if everybody were to stay healthy every year, we would have an immaculate
5: season.
2: Right. So. All right, so who wins – okay, who wins – the who do you think wins 450 and who wins 250 race, the showdown this weekend – and then who wins the championship outdoors in each class? Give me your winners.
7: I think Eli Tomac's gonna take it home. Um I think everybody says that every single weekend. Yeah. Uh, we're not sure which Eli Tomac shows up, shows up Um but I'm gonna have to go with Eli just because I feel he needs something to go into outdoors, more uh, motivation and sure and, uh, and traction. So I think Eli Tomac can win and uh the two fifty showdown. I'm gonna to have to go with Chase Sexton. I mean, oh, he's, he's, over been riding, AC, huh? he's been riding really good. Yeah. Okay. And um, I, I agree with with Daniel Blair. You know, he, he's praising him, and so I, I agree with on, what he was saying about Chase. Daniel doesn't know shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. No, Chase is really talented. I like the kid. Um, he's good. He's very. He kind of reminds me of Christian Craig. Um, yeah, just yeah. the way he rides a sure. dirt bike. And, um, but yeah, I think Chase can take it home. And I think, obviously, if he wins, he's going to win the championship. Um, you know, it's going to be him and AC. It's hard to go against AC right now. He's got a, a pretty good cushion there. Yeah. So,
2: all right, and it's gonna
7: be cool to see OC win win his
5: first championship
2: for sure. I agree, man. I'm so stoked that I get to be there. I'm, I got to find tickets. I got to Oh, you're going? Yeah, yeah. TJ's gonna be there because Doc's racing Supercross Sunday. Futures, and yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going Friday oh, and doing press and all that good stuff, and hopefully, hopefully sitting in the pulp show Monday night. We'll see. Oh, that I means,
7: dude. I need I need your job like I want <laughs> well, the life
2: that you have. This isn't like, everybody wants your life. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's, it's not easy, man. Because I still work a real job, and I try to make all this stuff happen yeah. in between. But it's uh, the he's last. Ha-
3: he's having a yard sale this week to be able to fund his ticket to get there. <laughs> like all of his wow. all of his kids' no. stuff is all packed up, getting ready no. to be in, in the fifty cent bin.
2: We're very fortunate that we picked <laughs> up some really good sponsors this year: Torque One Racing, Power Band Racing kyle tucker uh real estate that helped us out tremendously and our patreon supporters man we have people supporting us each month that contribute a little bit of money and it it's made it so we can go to these races it's been pretty fantastic um wow and and the Pope thing may not happen steve doesn't it just depends on how many people are in studio it's a busy night after vegas but uh i'm crossing my fingers so we'll see
8: yeah that'd
7: be cool that would take your your fame and into a whole other level. My what? And they're my... already famous as it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know about all that. Yeah.
2: I don't but know. That would take it to he's a whole just a... level.
1: He's like
3: he's from. like a cartoon character of a rocker because his tattoos are like of Star Wars and stuff like that. So they're not oh, even real no. tattoos. I, I, I can only
2: really imagine. Like, I've been wanting to
7: come to your house so bad because I just want to see what your house
2: looks like. Oh, so just wait. So <laughs> curious. Yeah, well, just wait. TJ said it looks like an old lady's <laughs> house because my chick, my chick's into like. Retro seventies, bro. But it, it looks like he's living it. with his grandma. Oh, really? Yeah, but the, all the Star Wars stuffs in the bedroom. Like <laughs> I have an entire wall that's Star Wars, and then the, my shop is yeah full of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. But, but anyway, oh nice. Um, so real quick, give us your winners outdoors. Um, and then we're gonna wrap this thing up and uh, try to get the show posted. Four
7: fifties. I gotta go. I gotta go. Tomac. Okay. Cooper getting really close. Sure. Two um, fifties. I want to say AC. Uh, I think AC can win, it and I, 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 think I don't know. You have all the insight, but um, I think he will go to four fifties next year. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's true because I know you got in trouble for bringing that up. I don't want to get you in trouble. To no, that, I'm so.
2: gonna say it's. Um, I'm gonna say it's about ninety eight percent true. The oh, the okay. uh, the. What's the word I'm looking for? The The person that the, my, my guy, what do you call that? My, Your source? Uh, my source. My source is a yeah. very good source and would know. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say it's pretty pretty good good chance. But, Did he um,
7: say he's riding a red bike? Mm, can't say that. Mm, can't say. Yeah,
2: I can't, can't say. say. Can't say. Mm.
7: What about Cole Sealy? Do you know where Cole Sealy is,
2: Do not know that yet. I, I'm going to talk no. to Cole about that this weekend see if he knows that anything would, that
7: would be interesting if they ran three guys you know it, it, i don't i mean i, I it's hard to see Coles ceely on a different bike Cole, right.
3: cole's uh is yeah. contracting for outdoors isn't he yeah yeah he outdoors. won't say anything not until we get either right end, i'm at, still gonna ask him about it right but i'm just saying he's not gonna say anything no until probably the not end of
2: he'll outdoors. tell me he doesn't no, know absolutely. he'll say he doesn't know but i still want to ask <laughs> fair enough yeah
7: well, yeah i mean you might as well ask <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I I said I got in trouble, but I didn't. Well, Kawasaki's PR manager, who I'm friends with, she wasn't thrilled by the question because she just is like, I get her side of it. You know, they haven't released it yet. And then um, she's like, I'm just, and when you ask questions like that, I'm afraid that the person may answer when they shouldn't because they're not thinking. And I get it. But, yeah, she, I really liked
7: your question and I like when, when people like Steve, you know, ask hard questions like yeah. that because I don't think we have enough transparency in the sport, which right. is needed.
3: I need to make I need to make um, Darkside so. a TMZ
2: shirt. Sure. <laughs> Maybe at the yeah. at the Vegas press conference, I should say Dark Side from TMZ. That's exactly. That, I will TMZ also, sports. Yeah. I'll do that. I'm TMZ gonna say TMZ sports. TMZ. Sports. I know Daniel like laugh. Daniel laugh. Yeah. So that's all right. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh yeah, Done deal. You need
7: a, you need to get that TMZ sports shirt on the front right and then on the back but rick rick <laughs> yeah, yeah I,
2: I gotta get i gotta get one of those shirts from keefer he's supposed to he's still supposed to bring me a whole shot device which we've talked about oh that's gotta be a year now and then he's I like oh know. yeah i'm bringing you a heather told me they were bringing me a toboggan with the new Kiefer inc logo and i almost guarantee you they'll forget yeah but whatever oh
8: i'm sure they will <laughs>
2: All right, right, Phil, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, we're going to get this show posted. It's been a long one tonight. So, yeah, great show with Cooper Webb, Zach Osborne, Ricky Johnson, and Courtney Lloyd from Canada. Team Canada. Uh, Phil Gates on the line, TJ in studio. Hey, Phil, appreciate you coming on, man. We'll, we'll make it happen when you're yes. in studio soon.
7: Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all.
2: All right, bud. We'll see you. Uh, you we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Okay, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you to our YouTube uh, listeners, watchers who have been on all night. We've got some cool prizes. Uh, I, I noticed that I have some emails already, so we probably have some winners. I will start getting back with you guys in the next couple of days. It's going to be a very busy few days. We're doing the wrap-up show tomorrow night, um, leaving for Vegas like Thursday night. Uh, so it's going to be busy. I promise I'll get everything back awesome giveaways torque one racing defy lock on grips tonight a Churby's gift cards fly fr5 boot giveaway uh, power bed racing giveaway don't forget to sign up for patreon if you want a chance to win the fly f2 custom painted helmet anything else tj we that's pretty much it patreon yeah. patreon patreon patreon.com Jesus, thanks to all our show. awesome sponsors we are out of here
8: Just get I'm a pro, even though I'm on my fool But I got to do my thing, you know the reason That I'm holding all
5: the trees and the garden a lot on the weed, they're being sparked me with you.